Hello, my name is Liam Bird and I am the fan liaison officer for the sporting charity Level Playing Field. And in this, the last episode of the Level Playing Field podcast of 2021, we will be turning our attention on the people in the high-vis jackets, the stewards. The matchday steward plays a considerable part in all supporters' matchday experience, but for some, their ability or sometimes inability to understand a person's additional requirements can be the deciding factor regarding a positive or negative game day. So to discuss this matter, I have accumulated a group of people to have a virtual roundtable chat. So on this virtual table, I have uh, Level Plainfield's own development officer, Daniel Townley, Daniel is the charity's lead when it comes to disability training for matchday stewards. I'm also joined by Rachel Creek, who is part of the Cardiff City Disability Team at the club, as well as a disability matchday steward on game days. James Horsley is a Spurs supporter and a member of Spurs Ability, the club's Disabled Supporters Association. And finally, I have Morgan and Stephen Parry, father and son, Bolton Wanderers fans, and also level playing field ambassadors. Morgan uses speech technology to communicate, but because our chat takes place via Zoom, Stephen, his dad, will be doing most of the talking. That's enough of this introduction. Let's crack on and talk about one of the hardest jobs in football, stewarding. Thank you all for joining me virtually to talk to me about stewarding. First off, if we can go around a Zoom call and let people know uh, the names of the voices, I'm going to go by how the Zoom boxes are kind of lined up. So, uh, Daniel, if you can go first, mate, and just kind of announce who you are and your football club and all that kind of jazz. Yeah, hi, I'm Daniel. I work for Level Playing Field as well, and I support Liverpool. Yeah, hi, I'm James. Uh, I, I represent Spurs Ability, the Tottenham Hotspur Disabled Supporters Association. This is, uh, yeah, Stephen and Morgan. Uh, we're Bolton Wanderers fans, so we're really pleased to be part of the uh, the podcast. Hi, I'm Rachel. Um, I'm a disabled liaison officer with Cardiff City Football Club. Mainly my main responsibilities is um, stewarding or looking after the disabled fans that we have that come down to Cardiff. I'm going to come to you first, Rachel, regarding stewarding. It might sound like a silly question, but at the club, you do have accessible stewards. How are they different from what you would probably term regular steward? Um, I don't think that we're all that different from what our job actual role is. But as as people, I'm actually a nurse myself. So I have a lot of experience working with disabled people and disabled children, especially. And then some of the other stewards that we have there, they also have um, a background in working with uh, people with who have disabilities as well. So I think in that way, we're kind of a bit more understanding about um, communication needs, sensory needs. So I think we kind of differ in that way, but our roles are, are quite similar. I, I think I'd also be interested to know what your kind of what your job is like on a match day. I mean, what is the process of coming to the stadium and then through to a match? Okay, so at the start of the match day, we'll normally come in about um, two hours before um, kickoff, and we'll help people. Um, to their seats we'll check tickets show them where they're sitting we might make tea before the, the game start because we have a little tea room area where people can go and sit and have a chat with their friends we'll, we'll obviously kick off and then after the match then we will just help um just help the disabled fans get out um to their car safely how what about the kind of match day um briefing how how does that go so our match day briefing, we will normally um, chat about um, the police presence there, if they're going to have um, what kind of police presence they'll have, if there's been any security issues or if the threat levels increased. Um, it might be that maybe that one of our fans might have a special request. So we'll just discuss things like that. 
we'll also talk about how many stewards uh, are on shift and what positions they'll be going to and who's basically doing what kind of jobs. So Morgan and Stephen, you've, you've travelled to hundreds of different stadiums and, and clubs and uh, you, you with Bolton as an away fan or as England fans travelling all over the world or just going rocking up to a stadium because you fancy a game of football. Uh, how much of, of Morgan and yourself match day experience, Stephen, depends on a well-trained steward? It's really important. I was just looking back just for this season and uh, so we've been to something like 35 matches since we were able to get back to live games so the kind of range of matches have been probably half of them have been Bolton Wanderers home games a couple of friendlies in there and then a similar sort of number of away matches uh, again in League One which is where Bolton are at the moment and then the international games so five international matches this season four of them England games, two of which were in the Euros, which was the semi-final and the final, and then also uh, another Euro game, which was Croatia-Scotland. So the reason I've kind of covered that is that the the kind of stewarding is so variable across those different kinds of games. So if we take, for example, the home games, we're lucky in terms of the position there. That Morgan's pretty, obviously pretty well known, but we've got dedicated stewards because of the dedicated sort of disabled uh, uh, viewing areas in the stadium. So, uh, so for example, uh, people who are operating lifts and checking and scanning for tickets going into the stadium, so on. So people are fairly clued up in terms of that relationship so that kind of home experience uh, people are aware and uh, you know can, can flex and the ticket office team uh, I know they're not stewards but that kind of knowledge of of where people could be and to be able to be flexible for example to uh, add say a, a new fan you know to come with Morgan or, or whatever so I think that kind of approach at home is is good away games I think the reason I mentioned the sort of League One, it's quite different, you know, in different uh, leagues in terms of the stewarding. It's very rare, I I found, that you've got dedicated um, stewards for disability in League One. I mean, I may be that we've missed them, but that seems quite rare, to be honest, just listening to what Rachel was saying. That I think that's quite a big issue. If we jump to the international games, that is more apparent so you do have dedicated stewards but our experience for example in the Euros the difference between the semi-final game against Denmark and then the final against Italy we know the kind of review that's taking place of the final in particular the visibility and access to a specialist disabled steward was you know negligible really at uh, Wembley which surprised me given that you know in the other kind of international competitions like the Russia World Cup and the Euros in France the kind of role of the dedicated steward for disability was just so much more apparent. But I think it's quite personally. I think it's, it wasn't shown very clearly in the in the Euros here in in uh, at Wembley. Uh, James. Yes, thanks, Liam. Uh, if I could just echo Stephen and Morgan's points there on the kind of antecedent question about away fans' experience at Bolton Wanderers, I, I obviously can't answer since they've been in the lower leagues. However, what I can say is that Bolton Wanderers were my first ground I ever went to in the northwest, and I can reiterate that the experience was very, very positive. There were stewards um, 
showing us to our seat. Even on the way out of the ground, they held some of our able-bodied supporters back to see that we, the disabled supporters, could get out first. I can say that my experience at Bolton Wanderers was extremely positive and kind of gave me the bug at the age of nine to keep travelling away. Hopefully we can see them back in the Premier League at some point so that I can go again. Well, I mean, we'll get past the little dig you gave them right at the start of that uh, comment there, James. Um, But, I mean, it's kind of important what you said there about having a positive experience at such a young age has kind of kind of sparked a passion for you to continue to go to football spurs themselves do have accessible stewards at their stadium for for you james when you go to a home game does it kind of give you a bit of peace of mind knowing that you can have a steward there or stewards who are trained in in the realm of disability oh yeah oh yeah absolutely i think we need to differentiate between with spurs it's a bit difficult liam because you have to differentiate into three categories. You have what it what was at the old White Hart Lane. You have what was at Wembley, and indeed probably still is at Wembley. And then you have the new stadium, which is what is. What was at Wembley? Wembley was very much more of a a kind of I'm gonna use the expression Russian roulette kind of experience. Like it would depend where for example whether I could get my medication in would depend how well trained the steward was um, at the time. Because at the time I just had an operation and I was taking an extra dose of medication at lunchtime. So obviously I needed to take that into the ground with me. And things like that would very much depend at Wembley on how trained the steward was at the time. You know, in terms of Spurs, Spurs are generally very, very good. I, I would say we have the occasional niggly issue um, as Spurs that comes up but then I'd argue what club doesn't I think Spurs are very very good and having dedicated stewards there and I think the thing is Liam is that you don't just have any dedicated disabled steward you have disabled stewards who know you they know who you are they've been looking after you a long time so Spurs are trying to keep the stewards as consistent as possible and I must mention specifically Jackie Arthur who looks after our section at Spurs she is always there to make sure you're okay you have everything that you need and any niggling issues um, she sorts out definitely so having those stewards that personal connection with you you get you get to know the stewards as people and they get to know you. And that means that they don't have the understanding of how your condition affects your ability to attend football matches just written down. It, it also means that you're able to build up that rapport with them. They kind of see firsthand what it is like for you. Well, we're going we're gonna to touch on the, the kind of turnaround of stewards a little later on. Daniel, listening to James there, it seems like the personal touch is, is and the, knowing the fan is, is, is a big part of the match day. For, for you, when you're doing your training, what kind of questions do you get back from stewards regarding disability? And also, do, do, you, do you think that sport itself would be better off if we had stewards 
who who were trained in disability, not just having individual stewarding, but that across the board, all stewards will have a basic understanding of disability. So just to give some context, uh, I deliver training to clubs uh, throughout the, the country, disability awareness training. Some of that is with stewards. Some of that is with other club staff. But clubs will come to us um, and yeah, ask for us to provide that service. Yeah, I think definitely i think all stewards should have a, a kind of a baseline understanding or certainly have the confidence to deal with any kind of issues or uh, access requirements that disabled supporters might have and the, the fact is that you know many of them won't necessarily have that confidence i think there's there's research done by scope that two-thirds of, of people feel awkward or uncomfortable around disability and that actually will apply probably to many stewards as well where they've not received adequate training where they've not been given the, the confidence, actually many will probably just want to avoid or maybe leave it to whoever is the kind of accessibility steward to deal with the problem. And yeah, really, I think that it, it is something that all stewards should be uh, given some kind of uh, training on, have some kind of awareness about, just, just so that they have that confidence to interact with disabled supporters. Some of the questions that I, I get when I deliver the training, a lot of them are around language. And we also do a part of the training where we, have some scenarios and throw some scenarios at the stewards and say, what would you do in this situation? Um, and I think doing things like that where, you know, it's quite practical, uh, it's quite sort of, you know, real life situations really helps people to think, really helps the stewards to, to sort of think, OK, I can understand that situation now. I can understand what I should do. So I think that works well. Rachel, uh, what Daniel's saying there regarding language, is that is that something that you would echo? Like, obviously, when you're ter- talking internally to stewards, do you find that that stewards sometimes may be a bit weary about approaching a disabled person because they they are weary of of terminology and language when the, the fans do come in they, they generally do see the same kind of faces um that, that's whether that's getting their ticket tickets checked as they come through the gate if they're going up in the lift so they are seeing the same kind of faces but i think if they did come across a steward that they weren't familiar with i think that steward would probably come and get one of the disabled team uh, liaison officers yeah i suppose daniel's point is that that steward should feel comfortable enough to, to kind of deal with the situation in hand do, do you think that's because that there's not enough training or do you do you think it is because they they, they might think well this this person who's got a, a, a kind of a, an accessible steward lanyard on will, will know more than me. Is it about empowering the steward? I suppose. Yeah, it's it's about teaching, giving them knowledge, the skills to help. You know, a lot of people have hidden disabilities that people might not be aware of, and um, so it is important that they are given the confidence, the training, and the skills they need to help deal with um, fans that come into the stadium. James and and Stephen and Morgan, have have you been in an experience whereabouts you yourself have a feeling that a steward is a bit uncomfortable in the in the presence of your disability or maybe someone else's disability? It's interesting, really, because I, I would the first of all. I, I think I would say Morgan's been following football for maybe 15 years or so and I've been going with, with, with Morgan over that period and and that period has also included seeing football as we've said so kind of internationally but also within within the UK through the Premier League and Championship and League 1 and League 2 so there's definitely a big variation across those leagues in terms of the confidence of stewards, but also how how many stewards have kind of had the training or are dedicated uh, stewards for disability. So that's the first point. And, but I'd say that over the period, it's definitely improved. I think almost like the customer relations aspect of it generally from stewards is, is I think, uh, better. And that includes the kind of act, 
awareness of disability. I think there are kind of different examples. The point that Daniel's making about the confidence is, I think some some of it depends on how stewards are briefed before games. And so if if the kind of whole tenor is that away fans are a potential source of trouble, it's almost a mindset that everybody gets sort of uh, approached in that same way. And sometimes that can cause kind of difficulties. I'll give an example. We were with, uh, in, in Ipswich, the away fans have to be with the home fans in terms of disabled access. And there were there was a small number of Bolton fans, including ourselves, that kind of created an incident between one Bolton fan who's quite he's quite loud uh, and um, he was chanting and so on and he caused offence to a, a parent of a young a young girl so that had the danger of kind of really getting out of control because just because of the tension between these these two people from different clubs I mean in the end it worked out okay I was able to for example tell a steward look. I know this guy and he seems quite loud, but he, you know, it's, it's just part of really his condition in terms of the way that he approaches the game. So that was resolved uh, at that point, but you could see how at one point I thought the stewards were going to try and evict him um, because you could see how they thought he was a, a, a bit of a, a risk or a danger. But in those circumstances, sometimes the, the arrangements in the, in the, crowd create the problem the fact that you've got fans that have to be in the same place causes a problem and sometimes the stewards are put in quite a difficult position in general i think all stewards are more aware but it does depend how they come to a game and if they see away fans as a potential security risk or or sometimes that gets in you feel that almost is the only way they see the fans all fans you know i think again just to echo Stephen and morgan's points uh, as well London derbies generally to see more problem with stu- problems with stewarding because I think that particularly at grounds where we have to pass the home sections in order to get to where we need to go um, stewards do see us as more of a problem and a security risk that could inflame the home supporters it is not my intention to inflame the home supporters as you um probably know my intention at london derby is is to make sure i don't run into any trouble and i get to my seat and my carrier gets to their seat safely but i think the problem is they are trying to second guess what our intentions are rather than trying to help us get to our seats Uh, daniel yeah, I, that sounds like, you know, the policies and decisions that are being made by the clubs are being kind of enforced by stewards without common sense to some extent. Um, and we know that clubs have a legal responsibility to make reasonable adjustments, in, in other words, to be slightly flexible with their policies at times to accommodate and to uh, enable disabled supporters to have access. Um have there been other instances that you guys have experienced of that? Because James, you mentioned earlier about medication. I know that's another another potential issue. You know, stewards may be refusing entry to people bringing medication in, that kind of thing. Is that something you've experienced? I think, Daniel, the issue here, um, I don't know whether Stephen and Morgan have experienced anything similar, but um, the issue here is the definition of what the medication is. Because I take, for my condition a medication called gabapentin and 
not many people who are not disabled know what gabapentin is. And I, I said, look, I need this gabapentin. It's a medication for my nerves. Hopefully it will help relax my muscles. I need to take this in. And the steward said, no, 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 I understand that. But protocol dictates that I have to put it down as insulin and say that you're diabetic because there's not a box that I can tick for other medications. Yeah. I, I said, fine, as long as you get the medication into the stadium, protocol-wise, um, I don't really mind. I think there needs to be more awareness of why the different types of medication are needed. Uh, yeah, I mean, medication is not kind of an issue for Morgan. I mean, so, but um, having um, just, um, he has a, a way of taking liquid. You can't use an, an ordinary uh, bottle, so it has to have a kind of a, a, a way of dispensing or uh, allowing Morgan to drink. So um, where you get examples with stadiums where you can't take in drink, that sometimes can be an issue. But to be honest, I've, I've always found it possible to explain and uh, people have been uh, responsive. The other thing I was going to say just briefly on on this is there is an issue of the difficulty that is created for stewards, sometimes by the design of Stadia, and then, but also by fans as well. Uh, so as well as awareness for stewards, sometimes I do wonder whether generally fans ought to have a better awareness of what the needs of disabled fans are, you know, their fellow supporters. There's things like flare throwing and, you know, just generally not understanding that, you know, sight lines, uh, you know, people can't be flexible about sight lines. So I think some of the problems that stewards are managing are created by, by fans not being as aware as they ought to be about the needs of their fellow disabled supporters rachel if if i can just get you to um come in for two seconds because how much does kind of common sense really play in to, to stewarding oh it, it's a big part of it um even just getting to their seats perhaps perhaps they might we might have to make a reason just for them to use a different staircase or perhaps um, we do have one chap that doesn't really like the lift so we will help support him up the stairs and it's just, just basically just doing little things that could be just so helpful just to make sure that they get to their seat safely how much do you think stewards feel empowered to do that though because if they get told before the game no bottle caps for instance no bottle caps can come in so any bottle that has a, a cap on it that needs to be removed or no bottles at all if if you've got something in a situation where that's morgan as, as Stephen and morgan spoke about whereabouts they have a particular bottle that they need to use so morgan can have liquids and how much is it trying to like tell the stewards well for the steward to know well this is clearly a reasonable adjustment so this can go in instead of them being well no i've been told at my briefing absolutely no bottles so therefore no bottles yeah i find it really upsetting that that's happened to you guys um with us i've, n- I've never heard of that happening at cardiff city um, and i think the stewards would be you know they they would use pretty much common sense um if they did have an issue that i know i i've known the fans in my section for about seven years so i know each one i know all their needs um so if they did have an issue i know that they would ask the steward for me to go down and i would go and sort them out and say look he needs it just let it in and, and it, it shouldn't be a problem so i kind of spoke about the thankless task and one of the issues that we kind of get regarding mainly away fans is poor sight lines um 
Stephen kind of spoke about it a little bit there, standing in front of wheelchair users or ambulant disabled people. I, I'm kind of aiming this at you, Rachel, but this is kind of open to everyone. I mean, Stephen kind of spoke about the need to educate fans, but I mean, what, what can be done regarding stewarding to, to, for, for you to be able to enforce, which essentially is law, whereby fans cannot stand um, in certain areas of a, of, a, of a football stadium? So at Cardiff City, we're very fortunate um, because the, the disabled sections are actually um, in the corners of the pitches, so there are no fans that stand in front of them, so they have a really good view. Um, up on level three, where I am, again, there are no stands that stand in front of them. So, again, they they have a really good view. We also have um, now designated standing areas to the to one side of the stewards, uh, to the disabled fans, sorry. Um, but they, again, they don't block the view of any disabled fans. So they, they pretty much, they can, they have a full view of the pitch every time they come. Um, but if there was, you know, issues of standing or people getting in the way, which there generally isn't at Cardiff, then I know that the, the stewards that would enforce and try and get the fans to sit down. But obviously that's not the case footballing-wide. I mean, how difficult is no. it for, for stewards to, to kind of enforce that law of no standing? It, it is really difficult. Like, we, we've, we've, we're taking part in the trial now of having um, standing sections in a few of the areas, so we'll see how that trial goes and, and hopefully, you know, to see how things go for it to be um, implemented in other stadiums. James or Stephen want to jump in on that? Yeah, I will, Liam, if you don't mind. Um, it, look, it is very, very difficult for, for stewards to kind of enforce this. And unfortunately, it, it is a thankless task because stewards become, and I'm sure this is something everybody will be aware of, but stewards become open to abuse when there's LMP wants to sit down. And I therefore do admire that they are willing to kind of open themselves, if you like, to that potential abuse in order that disabled fans are going to be able to see the game. I mean, there was a situation a few years ago where that really showed me, unfortunately, a lot of the stuff has got to be done around stadium design. Because if your stadium is designed as such where your sight lines are completely blocked, you're going to struggle, I believe, because stewards, there's not, you can't constantly be telling people to sit down. I know, I know stewards can improve it because I had an experience a few years ago at the old Waiha Lane, um, and unfortunately, this time I am going to have to single out this experience. I had an experience in which uh, a couple of new ambulant disabled fans came in and then the game kicked off immediately they stood up and the steward at the time was going over guys we understand you've got issues we understand you've got impairments but please can you sit down the wheelchair users up there can't see please can you sit down and then they would sit down for about two minutes uh, i will watch two minutes of the game and then they stand up again uh, and then it would be guys please can you sit down you know, it is a thankless task because what do you do? I, I don't particularly want to spend the game shouting at people to sit down. So I think the only viable long-term solution is around stadium design. Um, and I know we're not talking specifically around stadium design today. However, stewards can do things to improve things. But if you are in a situation where you're constantly telling people they have to sit down, there's only so much a steward can do. 
Uh, Stephen Morgan, do you want to pick up on any of that? Yeah, I think uh, James is right. I mean, uh, we we went to a game uh, at the weekend, uh, Accrington. Now that's a small small stadium, you know, capacity four or five thousand, and with a club with a fan base like Bolton has, you know, they completely overwhelmed the stadium really in terms of numbers. And you could see how it was very difficult to manage the crowd uh, because even the, the the ends of the ground and the sides of the ground were not are not isolated. So you've got a lot of movement between uh, parts of the ground, which the stewards tried to manage, but almost impossible. James is right. I mean, sometimes it's uh, just impossible to manage for the stewards. And uh, in a way, the stewards are set up to fail in a position like that. Um, but just... Back to your question about kind of good experiences. I mean, there are so many as well. If, if you take, for example, uh, we we went to a match at uh, Sunderland. Uh, we arrived by car. We were, it was wasn't quite clear where we ought to enter the enter the uh, ground in terms of access, um, and we were kind of approached. You could you could see a steward spotted that we were trying to check the gate entrances. He came across and and in and didn't just point us in the right deck direction he basically guided us all the way through uh and and handed us over to the right spot and so on um mm. where we've had problems with sight lines uh mm. stewards have um you know worked worked a way of allowing us to move a position um so i think that's that's been positive on a couple of occasions during this season the other interesting area for us is that morgan's younger brother reese has always been quite interested, but he, he now likes to come to most of the games. And in ticketing terms, that can cause a problem because quite often if you if you try to access a place, it's the wheelchair user plus a carer. But quite a lot of grounds can't cope with the fact that I then will need to have a nine-year-old who can't be in a different position. So that's been quite an interesting one to, to, to manage. And, you know, different clubs have been variously successful. But... In nearly all the cases, the stewarding has been kind of aware and flexible to make sure that, you know, Reese could be with us to watch the game and so on. So I think, you know, there's lots of examples of stewards really being quite positive and kind of spontaneously picking up and addressing problems. One positive example that I experienced uh, was a recent Weeks of Action match day that I went to at uh, Crystal Palace, actually, where some of the stewards were going round and taking food and drinks orders uh, from some of the disabled supporters, some of the wheelchair users, then going and getting their drinks and bringing them to them for the sort of half time. I know that there are other clubs that are doing this as well, but it's just uh, one example that I saw at Crystal Palace of one of the positive things that, that stewards can do to support disabled people, really. Uh, one of the new innovations, and I'm sure there will be more over time as well. We're going to make this the last question, and I'm going to go around the, the virtual group and kind of get your final thoughts on stewarding and, and what you hope to see changing moving forward and, and what what do you think um, stewarding in the future might look like. Uh, I'm going to come to Daniel first because obviously he's the one who's probably going to be conducting all this training to make stewarding uh, a little different and maybe more uh, streamlined. So, Daniel. Yeah, I think it's what we've talked about already, really. Just, you know, all stewards that are, that are there on a match day, that are working on a match day, to, to have the confidence really to speak to and to support any disabled supporters that, that are attending. 
Um, you know, that's why I'd like to get to. I think it'd be good if the training was mandatory. If uh, if you know there was a, a sort of a, a certain level of disability awareness training that was included uh, as as kind of mandatory training, either that the clubs do themselves or you know that level playing field could provide. Um, I think that would be a good place to get to. Uh, James. Yeah, thanks, Liam. Um, in terms of the stewarding and the future, and what would we like to see changing? Um, what I think we'd obviously like to see kind of better trained stewards across the board, really. And I would like all clubs to have kind of at least one or two disability access stewards. That would be enormously helpful, but definitely. But the point I would also raise is let's not forget about these positive experiences. We, we've discussed many positive experiences um, since this afternoon, as well as the not-so-good ones. So let's take these positive experiences and take these to the clubs who are perhaps not doing quite so well and say, well, these are the positive experiences that we've had with other clubs. And this is perhaps what, what you can put in place Therefore, as a learning process, you know, therefore, with the right will and the right kind of training, I think we can definitely get there for all clubs. It is possible. And the kind of increasing number of good experiences I've had at all football grounds, even non-league grounds, actually, shows me that it is possible and we are getting there. And there are experiences and processes that clubs can learn from and put in place. Uh, Stephen? Yeah, just to reinforce, really, I mean, the, the, the stewards, are, you know, they've got a really difficult role, that kind of interface, and very important, you know, in terms of fans' experience of the game. And so I, I guess the message will be for, for clubs to really invest in their stewards, you know, to um, so they're creating working conditions for stewards which are enjoyable to work in. And in that way, I think it will allow us to, you know, make sure it's an attractive role to, to, uh, to take on. And uh, finally, Rachel. For me, I think I'd like to see um, us welcoming more fans to the stadium. Like, we've got really, really good facilities now. Um where we've had like um, newly built um, adult changing facilities. So there's hoists and areas, um, you know, where they can go and have a cup of tea, like where it's warm. And I just, I think, yeah, I'd really like to welcome some more fans to the stadium. I just have the confidence to know that, you know, we will meet their needs, um, whatever needs they may be, that we will go out of our way to, to make sure they have a joyful experience when they come to watch Cardiff City. Perfect. Can I just make an additional point on that, uh, Rachel? Because... Um, Cardiff not only welcome fans to the stadium when there's a game on, but we were Morgan and I were travelling back from South Wales and uh, we were looking for a changing place facility and were aware that there was one in Cardiff. And this wasn't on a match day, but when we came to the ground spontaneously, we got a positive response and the team got us into the changing place facility there. So uh, quite a nice feel for the, the the way that the club responds positively, you know, and spontaneously to a. A need at a particular point in time oh that's really good i'm really glad to hear that it, it sounds like the summary of this podcast is if you want a good match day experience go to wales <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that seems to be the way it is um yes thank you yeah. for all uh for spending the time to talk to me um and uh i suppose it's an opportunity to say uh, have, have a great christmas and a happy new year we will obviously probably have a conversation again in a couple of years time talking about stewarding and hopefully it's uh, it's improved and move forward but um yeah thank you
Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you again to Stephen Morgan, James Clare and Daniel for giving up their time to speak to me. If you have any comments that you would like to make regarding the topics of this podcast, please head on over to the Level Playing Field socials on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook and leave your thoughts. You can find links to that in the episode description of this podcast. That's it for this year. Thank you so much for listening over the first full year of this podcast. Please continue to spread the word and also head on over to levelplayingfield.org.uk and sign up as a free member to receive all the latest information regarding the work we are doing at the charity moving into the new year. On behalf of everyone at Level Playing Field, please have a fantastic Christmas and a happy new year. Bye-bye.